0: Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul. Today I'm sharing two stories from our latest best-selling cat book about life lessons from the cat. We created this new collection because we do learn so many lessons from our cats. They show us how to be better humans. They teach us about resilience and fortitude and loyalty. If we rescued them, they rescue us back. And sometimes they serve as the best role models. That was the case for Sue Bonebreak and Lori Phillips, who changed their lives as a result of learning from their adopted cats. Sue had adopted two kittens, Nikki and Vicky, when they were just five weeks old. Their mother had been poisoned, and Sue and her husband had to rescue this litter of five kittens from where they had been left under the neighbor's porch. There were three healthy kittens and two scrawny ones who were half the size of the others. So Sue decided to keep the two scrawny ones and nurse them back to health, and the other three healthy ones were adopted out right away. Well, those two little feral kittens, weak as they were, acted like tiny spitfires. They were wild in every sense of the word. It took more than a month of patience and kindness before they started to act more like domesticated cats. Sue and her husband took the cats with them when they moved to start their teaching careers. They rented a home on a farm, and although the cats wanted to go outdoors there, the landlord had a huge, mean German shepherd. So the cats stayed indoors most of the time, avoiding that dog, and they remained small after those early weeks of malnutrition, even though they were healthy, they were always going to be small. Sue loved those little cats, and they helped comfort her as she confronted the reality of this new teaching job. She had a bunch of big, rowdy farm boys in her classes, and they did not behave for their quiet, five-foot-one-inch English teacher. In fact, they were making Sue miserable. Now, she tried to use the same methods that had worked on taming Nikki and Vicky, but that didn't work on these boys. So Sue was worn out and frustrated at the end of each school day. Only Nikki and Vicky seemed to bring calm back into her life. Adopting those kittens turned out to have been a great decision. As always, the human who thought she was rescuing the cats was, in fact, the one who got rescued right back. But it actually gets even better. So here's what happened next. Nikki and Vicky had kittens, and that was great news because they needed more mousers on the farm property. And when the kittens were three months old, they ventured into the backyard for the first time. Sue says, During that first foray into the wild, something amazing happened. While the kittens played by the steps, the landlord's big shepherd dashed into the yard and headed straight toward them, barking and snarling. I thought they were goners. But little Nicky, who had been on babysitting duty for both litters of kittens, flew off the porch and leaped directly onto the dog's head, screaming and growling. She bit and she scratched and the fur flew. And then the other cat, Vicky, arrived and joined in. Well, that big dog was so shocked that he tucked in his tail and he fled. Sue was astounded those two tiny cats found the courage to face down a big, fierce dog. And the bully backed down and ran away. And Sue thought about what those two little cats had done, and she realized that maybe she should meet the bully head-on, too. Maybe that would work on the boys who wreaked havoc in her classes. She says, Perhaps meeting their belligerents with ferocity instead of trying to reason with them might be the key to gaining control. The next day... I changed my demeanor and, remarkably, my classroom's dynamics. For the rest of the time that Sue lived on the farm, any time either Nikki or Vicky appeared outside, that German shepherd ran for the barn. And from then on, at the beginning of each school year, Sue entered her classrooms with a show of sureness and strength instead of the shyness and timidity that she actually felt. And she never had another problem with discipline. So Sue's rescued kittens, who she was saving, ended up being great role models for her. And the same thing happened to Lori Phillips, who says that every cat she ever knew had its food preferences, usually for some kind of seafood, except for one cat who exhibited strong and unusual preferences. Now, this cat was a stray, and this cat had adopted Lori's family one day, just showing up and staying. So they named it Cat. And Cat was thin, starving, so they tried to feed her the kinds of food that their other cats liked. But it turned out that Cat only liked junk food, maybe because she had started her life eating from dumpsters. When they fed her good food, like seafood, she threw up. So Cat ate french fries, hamburgers, taco meat and cheese, sugar cookies, chicken nuggets, fish sandwiches, all the not-so-great-for-you foods that her human family members were eating. Lori started to feel guilty, though, because she knew these foods were not good for the cat. It was time for a change. So Lori stopped giving Cat the junk food that she wanted, and she started giving her the same good food that the other cats were eating. At first, Cat went on a food strike. But then when she got hungry enough, she tried a little of the higher quality food they were putting out for her. And then she started eating it all up and looking for more. That made Lori decide to offer healthier meals to her family and ignore their complaints too. After all, it had worked on the cat. It didn't go so well in the beginning, but Lori held firm. If the kids didn't want the lean meat and vegetables she was serving, they could just have a bowl of cereal. Of course, the kids didn't want to go to the effort, so they learned to eat and like the food that was good for them. One day, things were going so well for humans and cat that cat even stole a piece of carrot from Lori's son. Lori says it was funny how they cared more about the health of the cat than they did about their own health, but changing the cat's diet ended up improving everyone's health. Her husband said that must have been why that stray cat came into their lives, to make them notice what they were putting into their own bodies. I'm Amy Newmark, and you've been listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thanks for joining me today. If you want to learn more about our new books and everything else going on at Chicken Soup for the Soul, Join the more than 2 million people who follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, go to chickensoup.com and click on the podcast button to learn more about this new book about life lessons from the cat. You can also pick up a copy at Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and other booksellers. Now, we're proud of the way we handle our cat books because we make sure to feature lots of rescued cats and also black cats and senior cats, which, which are the ones that are often left behind in the shelters. And we're donating the royalties from the book to American Humane to support their wonderful humanitarian work on behalf of cats in shelters and also during natural disasters such as hurricanes and wildfires. Come back for our next episode to hear a conversation with Deborah Norville, the anchor of Inside Edition, who collaborated with us on our next book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Think Positive, Live Happy. We're going to talk about how you can bring positive thinking, mindfulness, gratitude, and empowerment into your life with some very simple tips that are easy to implement.